Welcome back to another NBA Finals recap. We are talking about Game 3, which we just watched the Heat slowly dismantle the LA Lakers 115-104. to 104. They did it, guys. They won one. That was a... Uh, I'm sad that I'm incorrect about my prediction of a sweep after my Game 2 overreactions last week or a couple days ago, but... It only I'm, took two days for you to be wrong. It only did, but it took. But the entire year, I've been right, and I'll be right at the end of the end of the series. But <laughs> I'm glad we get another basketball game. I'm glad we at least get another game before we go on this long hiatus. Before we know what happens when next season's coming mm-hmm. back. But the guy you heard was Cody Holsey. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. I uh, I have to uh, take back any every negative thing I've ever said about Jimmy Butler and his attitude. Jimmy Butler is playoff Jimmy. Jimmy Butler, like through these playoffs, is is just like one of my favorite people in the NBA. Or playoff Jamie Fox. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Jamie Fox will play Jimmy Butler in, in his... the movie. Yeah, in the biopic. The <laughs> It'll be an Oscar-worthy performance when they play to do this game. Before we get any further, have to introduce other co-host, Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir? Did you watch any basketball tonight, or are you a hundred percent football? I am ninety-seven point four percent football, mm. uh, but I am the co-host who waits to be introduced because I have to be introduced to be able to come onto a show, <laughs> unlike some others. Daniel is really into Daniel's really into the theatrics and he wants to be wooed. <laughs> I'm trying to get more music to introduce me, but we can't figure it out. <laughs> a little too advanced. Maybe in a couple of years when we get the technology, we'll be just all the it. Lana Del Rey songs you want to use for your walkout music aren't available. <laughs> like they're just too expensive to license. I don't even know who that is. I don't really either, but it just sounded like the kind of person <laughs> you would use for a walkout music. All right, we have put this off long enough. This was meant to be a short recap, and through the first two recaps, they've been right at our normal time. So, 115 to 104, immediate reactions, Daniel. Jimmy Butler is good at basketball, and LeBron is a piece of crap. (laughs) Cody. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's good at basketball. I totally agree with that. I think that it was uh, kind of a bad look the way that they ended the game for LeBron and company. But um, I feel like LeBron's probably pretty frustrated with the effort that came from the uh, team on the Los Angeles side of things, especially to start the game. It was pretty abysmal. But but why – hold on. But why in the world is he walking off the court? I know it's .7, and I know it's kind of like the unwritten rule, like stay on the court. I'm just – I'm just saying maybe JR told him the game was over. <laughs> Good point. That probably happened. Uh, I think what's special about – we'll talk about the Lakers struggles here in a second, but I thought what was special about Jimmy Butler's performance tonight was not only he played 44 minutes, he had 40 points, shot 70%, 14-20 from the field, 12-14 for 14 from free throw, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, two blocks, I have to include the five turnovers just because. But he shot no three-pointers. Zero Mm. three-pointers the entire game. 
the Lakers were trying to bait him in the three-pointers, and he would not be baited. He was super disciplined tonight. Everything he got was from the post. He basically did tonight what Anthony Davis had done games one and game two. He murdered them in switches. He hunted switches, especially with KCP. And he just destroyed them in the post and got to the free throw line. And when it wasn't there, he passed out to the shooters and let them create. So I, Jimmy had a great game. Who knows if he can keep this up? I wouldn't think so. I would assume the Lakers would actually start rotating and doubling on that. But that will open it up to other problems, which we'll talk about. I would also assume that the Lakers would give effort. More, at least more of an effort. Like I think the the level of play will probably be turned up. For, they they just seem flat. Like from the very beginning of the game, you could tell that the Heat wanted it more. See, here's the thing. I recorded the game, so I'm gonna have to watch the full thing to see how it started because I missed most of the first quarter. Only saw, only got mm-hmm. back in time to see like the final two or three minutes. And by that time, they had closed the gap, right? Right. So I I missed it. I think at one point it was like twenty two to nine. Mm-hmm. And I saw scores like, oh my gosh, what am I missing? Got home, and by the time you know, got home, it's twenty six to twenty two yeah. or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Maybe it was just weird. But watching the rest of this game, obviously, the biggest issue that everyone's going to talk about tonight was Anthony Davis's performance. Fifteen points. He still shot six for nine from the floor, sixty six percent. Five rebounds, three assists, five turnovers, four fouls. Hmm. Do you have an explanation, Cody, since you sound like the only one who watched the game from beginning to end I, I, I of the three of us? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I mean, like, I think that stat line is a little bit misleading. Like, I think the, the thing to point out in that stat line is he was six for nine from the field, right? Right. Correct. So, he shot pretty well. He was pretty efficient. Um, from a shooting standpoint, the thing, it, the problem with his game tonight and his poor stat line is like he wasn't, he never got in a rhythm because he didn't really get to play until what the midway through the third quarter when Frank Vogel just left him in after he got that fourth foul. And it just was like, whatever, just play. And he played pretty well after that. Like he had the five turnovers in the first half. So, first half to second half was a lot different. The difference, I think, was he was on the floor more consistently. Cause he was get he got those two fouls real quick. He came back and he sat for a little while. Came back in the game, got a third foul, right back to the bench. Mm. So he didn't get he wasn't able to get any rhythm. Like I joked to Ryan in a text earlier that LeBron may have paid Scott Foster to get Anthony Davis out of the game so that he could <laughs> make sure seal up the Finals MVP. Uh, I don't think that actually happened for clarification, but like I, just the way that they were calling it. Yeah, I know. But the way that they were calling it and the way that they were, you know, calling fouls against Anthony Davis, that was just, you know, that's the, what it looks like. He was just like every time he touched the ball, every time he was near somebody or something, it was a foul on him. It was ridiculous. It is odd, right? Because obviously the Heat, every time he touched the ball in that high post, Um, or on this side (laughs) they would bring a hard double right Mm -hmm. that's what they do try to get it get it out of his hands and that's fine but it's interesting that he was never really aggressive to me and trying to go get it after that like he was kind of like i'm gonna get double tonight oh well i'll pass it 
I think some and, of that was the fouls too. Like, cause on defense, he, he would, he let Jimmy Butler just go by him one time. Like he, he was in his way and then he kind of like did the, the James Harden matador defense thing and just whoop and let him go by. And I think he was just worried about getting another foul. Here's the problem with that thinking to me. If like I'm Anthony Davis is okay. Like they're giving me all these cheap fouls. Maybe I think, I'm up against it with these refs, whatever. I still ended the game with only four fouls. Like, I was not aggressive after that fourth foul halfway through the third quarter. So, I I don't know. Can I excuse that too much? I don't get it. Like, it's a problem, obviously, for the Lakers if Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris are playing harder and more essential to you than Anthony Davis is. Isn't that an issue? Well, yeah, I definitely think that's an issue. I, I just think, like, I think the flow of the game was just weird for Anthony Davis. Like, he wasn't able to get into – like, by the time he had played enough to get into the rhythm. That's what <laughs> – what? <laughs> what are you – you're both being – you're both just looking at me like a – like, uh, I don't know. We I thought know. you were still talking. We I'm carrying the whole – I'm I'm just, like, throwing the podcast on my back. I'm just carrying the Anthony Davis conversation – I'm not really carrying it. Ryan is. I'm just making the same <laughs> point over and over again. That's what I'm doing. Daniel, Daniel, do you have the same thoughts toward AD? Do you think it was just the early foul trouble that took him out of a rhythm? Or do you think he was just mentally disengaged? What do you think? Like, it's two games now. The game one, game two, where he, the heat just rolled over and he could do whatever he wanted. And he obviously had this plan for him. And it was effective, but do you think the fouls were super important to disengaging him mentally where there was many times throughout the game where I was like, oh, yeah, AD is on the floor. Like, you catch it on the wing and then swing it to Markeith Morris. He was so passive. I mean, do you give him a pass for that for the fouls, or what do you think was wrong with him tonight? Well, I think there's two things. Um, One being, um, I know uh, Jimmy Butler said, I want to say before the game and even after the game, that they kind of looked and figured something out, um, mm. that they kind of saw something on film that allowed them to kind of expose some of their issues. And so is, is that issue taking it right at Anthony Davis? Is that really what they're doing? I'm not sure. But that if you get Anthony Davis out of that game, you literally have a chance to kind of attack this team differently because of your size. So maybe that's what it is. But uh, being somebody who uh, played at a very low level basketball, I thought you were going to say high level. I uh, know, not high level at all. If you call church league in high school high level, for me, hey, that's high hey level. Now. I'm going to say, <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was in foul trouble many a times in my career, and it does 100% take you out of the flow because when you get back in, you don't have the momentum going, you don't have the flow of the game. Uh, so it does take you out. But he wasn't in crazy foul trouble. Like he was, he was in kind of you know medium, I guess foul trouble, but not not nothing where he's like picking up three fouls before in the first quarter, or he's got five fouls with you know ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like it wasn't ever that. And so I think it's just he just didn't have it, and the fouls probably took him out of the flow a little bit early. But I also think they game planned to somehow go at him and try to get these fouls. Mm. the other problem obviously everyone else that started besides lebron james was awful tonight 
and oh. KCP had a horrible game. What Danny was he, Green uh, plus minus. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, comment plus minus. Numbers. I don't want to talk about plus minus right now. <laughs> KCP was terrible. Danny Green was awful. Dwight Howard was bad, and AD was bad. I mean, LeBron put up stats, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, but the Lakers had 19 turnovers tonight, and they were just so sloppy early. It it did feel like, and I can't wait to rewatch it. 14 of them in the first half. Like, it felt like they thought the Heat were going to roll over, right? And they didn't do this with the Nuggets. Why did they think they could do this in the NBA Finals against the Heat, even though the Heat are down two of their biggest players? <laughs> And multiple right. of them just not playing well. LeBron had eight turnovers on his own. Well, so I would. I'm interested to go back and like look at that though, and see how many of those turnovers are LeBron turnovers, like where he's the actual person that turned the ball over, or is like the ball just coming from his hands, so that it gets recorded as his turnover. And it's actually, I mean, he did have those two travels. Like, okay, so those are turnovers right there. But, like, I'd be interested to see how many of those were, like, people not paying attention or, like, somebody just, yeah, like, just like looking miss, for a butterfly on the sideline. drops it out of bounds, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Like that or moved in the wrong spot when they're supposed right. to. Right, or not well, following, I, like, what the – yeah. I, I did like with the Heat. We talked about this, Cody, after game two. The Heat cannot play that zone. They just cannot do it. And they did something that was kind of interesting that was more of a hybrid, like, matchup. We saw it mostly through the first half. They did it some in the second, but in the second, they really just played straight up man-to-man for the most part. But in the first, they would do this interesting thing when LeBron got the ball at the top of the key. Obviously, LeBron's hunting the white guys. Like, let's just call it what it is. (laughs) He's hunting Harrow. Yeah, because he's 190 pounds soaking wet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's hunting Harrow and he's hunting Duncan Robinson. Like, and he's hunting Myers Leonard and yeah. he's hunting uh, Kelly Olenek. Like, that's who he's looking for. But every time he tried to screen Duncan Robinson or anybody else, they high hedged, tried to push him back the way he was coming from. And then if you watch the back three, they kind of turn into a 2-3 zone a little bit. Guy moved to the middle, the two wings, and it gave up those wing threes. But obviously it had huge success because LeBron did get to the bucket a few times, but it wasn't like an all the time, like it felt in game one or game two where they could get to there whenever he wanted to. So I don't know how much of that is a factor with AD. Does that probably correlate with the strategy? Probably. I'm interested if Bam comes back in game four, which we can talk about now, do you think it changes a little bit of the strategy for the Heat, Daniel? Or do you think they go back to their original, hey, game one, we're going to play straight up man. Bam's on Dwight. Jay's on AD. You know, and here we go. We're kind of back to normal. Let's go back with what we're going to try to do in game one. Uh, I, You know, yes, game one, you know, they were, you know, they felt good in the first quarter, I guess. But if you think you found something – such as Jimmy Butler said, I, I think you just got to keep going off of game three and you're just adding in a better player to that position. So you have an instant upgrade. But I, I can't see any news in whether or not he's actually going to play. I know he's closer than Goran is, but I don't know if he's actually going to be able to play. So I think that you got this win 
if he's coming back, I think he's coming back game four. I, I don't think you save him out to hold him game five. I think you're going to go chips all in. If we can tie it up 2-2 by game four, this is a series. And right. if they win this next game, it's over, just like this game. And that's why you saw Jimmy Butler play, what, 45 minutes? So I'm cur- I hope Bam comes back. I just hope that Jimmy has enough left in the tank if they do win another game, game six or game seven, because, it, you know, it would be fun to watch a game six or seven with these, with these teams uh, going all out. Now, Cody, let me ask you something. If Bam comes back, now obviously this is kind of – I'm not trying to make a take right here, but if Bam comes back, does that change the Heat offense a lot? Because what we've seen them have success with Bam out is Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek can hit those shots, the pop threes. That's not Bam's game. He's more kind of get the ball in the high post, everyone move off him. It seems like the Heat have found some sort of success against the Laker defense with playing five guys who can shoot it from three at least threatened to be shooting from three. If Bam comes back and he's 75%, if you're Spo and you found this success in game three from playing five shooters, would you still go with Bam even though he's 70%? Or just let him sit back and if you need him, if it happens, get to a game six and bring him. And he's a little bit healthier. What do you think? I think you got to... Bring him back, man. Why are you laughing, Daniel? I don't appreciate it. I mean, like, I just think you just bring him back, man. No, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think you put him on the. I think you keep him on the bench. Like, I don't think you start him or anything. What you did in Game Three is working. You keep rolling with that. But I think that you do like if you need him to like come in for like just to throw a different defensive look at LeBron and Anthony Davis or something like that. I think that's where you use him. But if he's at seventy percent. Like, you don't want to, like, further injure him, like, if he's not 100%. Like, I think that's something that you saw last year with Kevin Durant, like, guys trying to come back. I know it's the finals and they have, like, an off season, but it's going to be a short off season. I think players and – Hopefully. Hopefully it's short. Yeah, hopefully. But, like, players and executives and stuff like that, like, they understand, like, long-term – like that there are long-term consequences or stuff like that. And so I think they'll probably be pretty cautious with it, depending on hmm. the situation. So you'd be more okay with the, the six, this success they found. Yeah. You're I okay mean, with Spo just being like, eh, you're mm, 50% on this game on your shoulder. Eh, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll get to you in a second, Daniel, but before we do, let me just say that I think that some, what has, what I noticed tonight is a, the heat like with jimmy butler we're doing some isolation more isolation stuff with him you know hunting those switches and stuff like that and i think that that was the different style of play that they were playing tonight that the lakers had more trouble with daniel do you agree i disagree and i couldn't disagree more um if you have a player that is not going to possibly re-injure himself or you know put him in in harm's way for for example then I think he plays no matter what. If it's something that could hurt him long-term, I think you have to look out for the player and you just keep sitting him. I'm saying if the player is able to actually play and be 
somewhat normal, then you put him on the court. Uh, if you look at the minutes, Myers Leonard played 13 minutes. Okay, so I'm guessing, you know, and I didn't watch the very beginning of this game. I'm guessing he's just starting both halves. And that's yes. really all he's doing. And yes. then uh, Kelly Olenek is just playing the other time, and they're just kind of rotating. You leave out Myers Leonard, even though he was three for three and, uh, and shot and made one three-pointer. But you just take out Myers Leonard. Let's say you put Bam there instead of Myers Leonard, and you switch the exact same minutes because he wasn't completely healthy, then that's an upgrade instantly, just like that. Hmm. If you gave him 18 to 20 minutes, and if you thought Kelly Olenek was so great, what you do is take some of these minutes from this guy who's a walking negative 12 every single night in Andre Iguodala. Yeah, you just take his minutes. Hey, he'll share. He'll give them up. He, he should because he's a guaranteed negative no matter what kind of game he has, except for the game of his life, he'll play once a series. So mm. if you need minutes, Andre Iguodala's got something you can have. And mm. I would play Bam. I would play a 50% Bam over Andre, Andre Iguodala any day of the week. Good point. Yeah. I, uh, I would obviously, if Bam's available, he's going to play. I'm just interested if Spo, you know, pulls him early if it's not going well no, and sticks with him. the success they found. Yeah, do the limited kind of yeah. minutes. That's what I'm interested in. Let's move that into predictions for game four. Cody, what do you think we see? Is there an adjustment for the Lakers to make, or are they just in the locker room like, look, AD had a bad game, he's in foul trouble, the rest of our starters sucked, we'll be fine. Like, what's, what do you see happening for game four? I think the Lakers will come out with a completely different, like, tone at the beginning of the game for sure i don't think they'll i don't think they'll end up in a 22 to 9 hole at the beginning of the first quarter i don't think so that'll happen you think they'll have a little more sense of urgency like they did in oh game yeah one and game two yeah i think they'll definitely come out more like game one and game two i was actually kind of like taken aback by the way they came out tonight because at the end of the last game lebron was talking to rachel nichols about how they could still play better and like I'm excited for us to, you know, play even better than we did tonight because we can or whatever. And then they came out tonight and they just like took a took a shit on the court, <laughs> for lack of a better term, in the first quarter. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it was weird. I mean, the AD foul thing was weird in like the first half. It wasn't as much of an issue in the second half, but he was also playing pretty passively. So I don't, I don't really know. Uh, Scott Foster, best defender on AD all series. <laughs> yep, indeed. <laughs> Indeed, man. Hey, and you know, something something interesting to point out. The last team that won the NBA Finals after being down 2-0 to start was the Miami Heat in 2006 with Dwayne Wade. Mm, hope mm. that again. Interesting. So, Probably reason they've been 14 four years times. apart. <laughs> it's only happened four <laughs> times. Yeah. Well, what's your prediction? The Lakers win game four? Yeah, I think the Lakers win game four. Easy. Pretty handily? Or is this a close one? I think it'll be close, but it's an NBA game and it's the finals. So the teams are good. So I think it'll be close, but I'm pretty sure that the Lakers are going to win. Daniel? Yeah, I, um, I disagree because I think that they figured out something. And I think that what you, what you have is a lot of young players on this Miami Heat team. A little momentum goes a long way. They're starting to feel themselves. Because Hero and Duncan Robinson have just – they've not played well. Kendrick Nunn's having to play a little bit more minutes. I think a win in the finals 
taking out LeBron, you have a day, a day and a half to kind of talk about it, think about it, catch your breath. And I think you see them tie tie up the series 2-2. And I think you get a mean and angry LeBron game five. But I think that Miami has nothing to lose. And they know they're playing with house money. So why not? Give it all they have. And I think you see Jimmy Butler play another 40, 45-minute game again. And I think he goes off and continues this tear to where this is actually going to be a really good series. The main so reason think- I, I was going to say, the main disagreement I have with you there is just that you said me and Anger LeBron will come out in game five, and I think he'll show up a game earlier. I don't think, I don't think angry and mean LeBron will never not show up. I'm talking about he will be on a wholly, whole, totally different level if he loses two games. I I'm think talking about. I know, but I'm saying like I think that he won't lose two games because he's already there. I'm just I I think he gets even more angrier. So I, I I agree. LeBron is LeBron. He's the best top two players of all times for a reason. So I think he's going to continue to will his team no matter with or without AD. But I think that they catch a game again, and then game five is going to be nutso because he's going mm. to lose it. So you've got Heat winning game four and tying the series up. Yes. Wow. I, uh, man, I, after game two, I thought this was dead in the water. I didn't think the Heat had any move at all, but they've made adjustments defensively. Obviously, there's something very specific that they're trying to do with AD and LeBron. And it did seem tonight that they were okay with the other guys beating them, which I think, which I've preached all series, is what you have to do. I'm with you, though. The X factors of these series for me is Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. They have not played well at all yet in this series. Tyler Hero had 17 points, but he shot six for 18. Duncan Robinson shot three for 10 from three. Combined, they shot five for 17 from three. Does that switch? Does it ever switch in this series? And if it does, will it be too little too late? Because they're going to have to have the young guys play like eight-year vets in game four. Because if they don't, I think the Lakers are going to run off on them. Mm. And it's the series is weird, right? Because game one was an outright domination, right? right. Final score doesn't say that, but it was. Game two was the same way, even worse. We lost by 10, but it felt like a 40-point loss. But it flipped tonight. They beat the Lakers by 11, but it felt like a 30-point Laker loss. Right. And it's just a weird series. Like, it just makes sense what we're seeing here because it's just the whole bubble situation. That's why it's weird. I, like, I thought this was done. Like, we talked about this. Guy. It's over in two more games. The series is done in four days. But we get another two days now. But I don't know what to think anymore because I could totally see Duncan and Hero coming out, shooting 70% from three and beating the Lakers again by double digits. Or I could see the Lakers winning by 30. The only thing I don't see is any kind of game winner in this series at all. It just doesn't feel like a series where this is going to go back and forth. It feels like one team has it one game or one team has it another. It just feels so 
they feel so far apart every game. What do you feel, Daniel? You, I mean, yeah. Any to add? Yeah. So what I think is, and this is kind of basketball, I guess basketball speak, basketball talk. Um, sometimes when you lose a, a a player or a players to to injury, you kind of get shell shocked, especially when you have two throughout a game. So that game's kind of written off. So you try to make adjustments on the fly, which is, you know, within a, you have a day off. So you make adjustments within 24 to, you know, 48 hours, whatever. Sometimes you're just trying to see, you're, you're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Well, I think they tried some things to throw at the wall in game two and some things stuck, some things didn't, they didn't, uh, weren't able to actually get stuff done properly. But they might have saw a glimmer in some of that game that they picked out and said, this actually worked. We just didn't do it well enough. Game three, you actually saw them come out and execute what they should. And I think that's why they won the game. So Mm. turn it around the Lakers side. Now the Lakers are the ones who are adjusting because, and I don't think they need many adjustments besides energy. But I think you try to see them make some adjustments and it might not just work in game four because they're trying to some things to see what sticks. Do they need to speed up the game? Do they need a you know, different style? And that could be the reason they get knocked off in game four until they really see what the adjustment that needs to be made for game five. So I think sometimes, and this is the reason that you have two games home, two games home, and you know, the other team, you go back and forth home and away that's kind of the reason a lot of times that happens is that middle game. You're trying to see how to adjust. And I don't think, I don't think one game is really big enough for adjustments. Mm. It is interesting about, cause the Lakers kind of feast off poor shot selection and getting out in open court and Jimmy Butler, just killing them in the post like that really kind of took the air out of their transition game. Right. And I, I think that really hindered them to get out like some, like, my favorite phrase is good offense or uh, good offense is sometimes your best defense. And that's what Jimmy did go into the lane, go into the post, keep scoring that basket kind of takes the air out of the Lakers running out because they're not getting a long rebound from a three and able to get out in that transition. So I am interested what's going to happen game four. I have no idea what to predict, but I think the Lakers win. And I don't feel great about that. Two days ago, I would have said, here's the house. Here's the house note. Here's the car. Here's the pink slip. Put it all in the Lakers in four. Now it's just like, what did I just watch? So (laughs) I'm not sure where to go for this, but I think the Lakers do win game four, and I don't feel great about it. Any other final thoughts before we go for tonight for this recap? I have one important thing. Yes. I'm so happy you didn't put the house on it. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually recording from my parents. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you did put the house? (laughs) Wife not too happy at me, happy with me. So she is at the in-laws. I'm at my parents. We're taking some time. It's called a break, officially. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anything to plug, Daniel, before we go? Yep, you can uh, follow me at Daniel Greer on Twitter. A couple things. Um, You can – there's a new app that's coming out, the locker room. 
kind of give those guys a shout out. Um, they're doing some cool things. We're all three now beta testers on it. And uh, I think it's coming out soon. I don't know when soon is. That's all we've heard of soon. But we've been on it for about two months now. But it is the locker room. It will come out um, probably within October, November, I'd imagine. Um, so, but get on that. Uh, feel free to follow them. But you can also follow uh, the lead sports media at the lead SM. And you can also follow at Grizz underscore lead. So that's all I have, guys. Mm, Cody, anything? Just follow us on uh, Twitter, Free Basketball 3, man. That's where we live. And then like, share, rate, review. Please. Those are the things. Please don't steal your grandmother's phone <laughs> and, and subscribe to the podcast. I'm glad you said that because I was about to say don't sneak into her house. Yeah. Like don't, Daniel. Don't yeah. be don't be sketchy around just your grandparents. Just it's not a good look. <laughs> I am at RD Meadows 11. Thank you for tuning in to this Game 3 NBA Finals recap. We hope for another interesting, if not hopefully fantastic, Game 4. Get Bam back. Like Daniel said, follow Locker Room, download the app, get in it, talk with us live. It's a lot of fun to do. Follow the lead at the lead SM. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being on again, guys, and see y'all in two days. Mm-hmm.